0: This is Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence. Your 803 tee time every Sunday morning right here on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Backspin Golf is brought to you by Gearheads of Nicholasville. Edwin Watts Golf, truly Nolan and Critter Control. French Lick Resort Casino, and Lexington Parks and Recreation. Also sponsored by Commonwealth Credit Union, Georgetown Advantage Air, and Maple Leaf Gutter and Siding Systems. Let's join your host, Matthew Lawrence, for Backspin Golf.
1: Good morning. Good morning. On this beautiful Sunday morning at the Square Country Club on Main Street, in downtown Lexington. Welcome to Backspin Golf. What a show today. We're going to start off with Ireland. My buddy Michael Gallagher, who runs the best junior golf tour in the world, will be joining me. uh, And I can't wait to speak with him. And then our friend Garrett Johnston, uh, who is absolutely wonderful himself, will be joining us. And then my buddy from down in Florida, Dan Hauser, Uh, we're going to get into a little discussion about the match play that obviously is going to be finishing up later today. Uh, we're going to get going. Good morning, Chris Mascaro. People, next on the tee, you got to listen to it. Unbelievable golf podcast every week. Uh, but first, we're going to start here with my buddy, Michael Gallagher. Every season of Backspin Golf, I get the chance to talk to one of my favorite people. And I, I always say I'm blessed, the, the guests I have, the people that join me. But every single time I speak with my buddy, Mickey G, Michael Gallagher, from Ireland, it freaks me out that we can do this, number one. And number two... Uh, I am constantly, every day, amazed at what Michael is able to do in running the Flogus Irish Junior Open Tour. And it has become, I always say this, this is the best junior tour in the world. And Michael always says, well, maybe in Europe or whatever, but that's baloney in the world. And so I am ecstatic to have... Michael, join me now on Backspin and be able to say hello to him. Hello, my friend.
2: Hello, Matthew. Always great to be start the season off. Um, I know how hard you've worked with the Backspin Golf Show, and it's always great to come on board and and chat to you and uh, get the season run, running. You know, running starting good. Um, always before the Masters, so good time yep. of the year to talk and and see what the the plans are ahead for for the the junior golfers of Ireland and and beyond.
1: And beyond is the key here because you may have started with Ireland. First of all, how long, I want you to tell the people listening, how long, when did you start the very first Irish Junior Open tour?
2: 2014. So next year will be our 10-year anniversary. um, which it just seems like yesterday, but uh, ten years doesn't it doesn't belong going on, as you well know. Um, so next year's our our ten ten year anniversary. Um, and it's just been. Uh, I always say it, and I always say it to the kids, and it's something I think the listeners and everybody else in life needs to learn. Um, you know, the sponsors of of the events are what which makes it happen. And it's like anything in life, you know, you have sponsors, you have mothers, you have fathers, you have people that help you out. And there's not enough gratitude given back to them. So I'm always at every single event, thanking the sponsors who without them there, you know, people like me wouldn't be in a
1: position to do what we do. Well, uh, and of course, that's very well said. And, And in your case, and I know because I watch every video you put up and, uh, you know even that's amazing you do social media wise and the way you spread the word to get this all of your different events to be what they are you probably have a staff of like what 30, 20 30 people helping you with that yeah stuff.
2: yeah <laughs> yeah it's a multinational we're running over here <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, no it, it's there uh, it's you know obviously i'm the i'm the main Person, but there is there's a few people in the background that help out as well. You know, it's not yeah. it's not all me. But um, no, it's it's social media is where it's at nowadays. You know, oh, that's yeah. where you need to be at. And, and you know, that's like the, the champion of champions event, which we'll talk about. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, social media has a major impact, and you know, it's it's now the the largest champions invitational in the world. Um. Junior golfers, there's 250 kids playing on it. So, you know, as I say, social media has a huge uh
1: huge you know responsibility for making that event what it is. All right. Here's what I did because there's no way for me to keep track of everything. And I know that's probably true of you. There are probably days where you can't keep track of everything that you're doing. But here's what I did because uh one of your great tweets and I think this was from February, the 2023 Flogus Irish Jr. Open Tour, and Flogus is the, the main sponsor of this stuff, and you talk about, you know, the sponsors, boy, they're something. Uh, our 2023 promotional video is now live, and there is a great video about the World Championship qualifiers Tournament of Champions, the Big Five Trophies, 22 events, and four majors. Are you kidding me? This is what I mean. Where do we even start with you? All right, it's the new season, obviously, here too. So where what have we had? I saw a great picture of a young lad who made his first hole-in-one at a, at an event that I think you just had, right? Yeah.
2: So it was at Port Stewart Golf Club, which was the tournament of champions. Basically it's it's all the, the champions of each age category from each tour last year. Yeah get to play in the tournament of champions which Port Stewart Golf Club hosted the Irish Open a few years ago. John Rahm won it. Yeah. Um so the kids the kids get to go and play on an Irish Open course. And um, thanks to Port Stewart for for having us. But one of the one of the kids got his first ever hole in one, um, on one of their signature holes, and oh. just as he got it, no word of a lie, there was a massive rainbow, wound up behind him. It was incredible. Um, so he he got his first hole in one, and uh, as you said, yeah, there's there's quite a lot of events, um, this year. The thing about it is, Matthew, every year I look at ways on how to make. You know, with more exciting, more engaging and um, better for the kids to play in. Like, I've been involved in golf since I was 12. I'm now 38, uh, getting on a
1: wee bit. But, no, don't, you know, no, no, then, no. I, Don't say that to me, okay? <laughs> cut that stuff out, Mr. <laughs> Youngster. Go ahead. <laughs> but in, in
2: 26 years, you know, I've sort of been there and done it. And I've, I know what, what I like when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just trying to give back to the kids coming through opportunities and events and initiatives to get them excited because they're like, giving a day idea. Whenever I was playing junior golf, you know, there was no tee boxes that were shortened. You know, there was no maximum shots in each hole for the younger kids. It was basically go out there, play off the full length course. And if you take a 20 in the hole, you know, try and do it in 19 tomorrow. Right. Whereas... I try to set the courses up that the kids can go out and score. They can play well. They can be encouraged, and you know they'll want to keep playing the game and progressing. And then all the different events, you know, they've just led on. You know, obviously we've talked in the past about the Gary Player Trophy, Gary Player coming on board, mm-hmm. the Darren Clark Trophy, Ping Sponsor Trophy, and the late Payne Stewart uh, is another name on one of our trophies. You know, so. It's just giving kids something exciting and new, and, and each year we just try and reinvent it a wee bit, do things differently, and then having the, them all as World Championship qualifiers to get into the Champion of Champions, which now has 35 junior golf tours around the world that host a qualifier for this event. and um, You know, it's all, it's all very exciting, and also for me personally, I need something that keeps me motivated and you know, keeps me energized and on, you know wanting to, you know, every year do something different. Yeah. So that I'm not just resting yeah. on my laurels and just you know,
1: like hoping I, to the this. I've been resting. Sean will tell. I've been resting on my laurels for 40 years. So you know, you're a different kind of guy than I am. <laughs> ah, but Matthew, Matthew, you've you've been
2: there and done it. I've seen I think your resume. Ma- yeah, you, I've you've done, done it. it. You're now you're now chilling
1: out many many times i want this is so fascinating to me because the irish junior open tour is fantastic this champion of champions and i remember we talked how long has that been going on because i i seem to remember maybe one of the first times we spoke where you told me about this thing that you were going to start doing it hasn't been that long right
2: well, 2020 was the first year so right. It was basically April 2020. So obviously COVID, you know, took over the world. And right. well, it closed down this country in March 2020. Yeah. That COVID just had an awful effect, you know, for three years. Basically, we didn't know whether we were coming or going with that event. You know, yeah. it was just, it was a very difficult time. Mm. Thankfully, now we're on the other side. The world's totally opened up. Yeah. Um. This year, there's 250 kids, which is the maximum we can take. From 40 countries. To be honest with you, Matthew,
1: there's over. I want want to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this is so important to me. So how many countries are represented here? Uh, There's 40 countries. Okay. So in 40 countries around the world, there is a competition to determine, is it one kid from each country that comes? How does it work?
2: No, no, sorry. There's, there's there's forty there's forty different nationalities playing in the tournament this summer. Okay. There's thirty five qualifying tours around the world. So basically, the the champions from the qualifying tours, they get an invite to take part in the event in July in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Now, for the for the kids around the world that don't have access to a qualifying tour, so obviously there's a lot of countries that don't have qualifying event. Right. So there's a special exemption draw whereby kids can apply champions can apply to to be in this draw and we do a draw for a number of spaces so it just gives everybody an opportunity even if they don't have qualified or near them they have yeah. an opportunity to try and you know yeah. compete in the event so 40 different nationalities will be rep- represented in july
1: it's on un- this the whole thing is just mind-blowing yeah. to me what's the next event that we have coming up and Uh, Before I forget, because I am old and I forget things. Last year, I believe I was going to try last summer to get over to see you. I am I am making a promise to myself that I will be in Ireland with you this summer sometime. Sean, I'm telling you, Sean is the program director at my station. I'm taking time off this summer to go to Ireland, Sean. I'm just telling you he doesn't care he just Sean
2: Sean he need, he, need, he, need a, he needs a ho- he needs a holiday, Sean.
1: <laughs> Boy if anybody knows that it's Sean believe believe me um <laughs> I will I will be over <laughs> there this summer but what's the next event we have coming up from Michael Gallant
2: So there's a, a two-day junior major taking part at the the Five Star lock and Resort yeah, um, which has hosted the 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 World B8 Leader Summit, and um, so it's quite a prestigious uh, a, a venue in Ireland.
0: It's um, So
2: it's taking place over April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's- I'm actually I've been away the last couple of days uh, preparing for the Champion of Champions. Uh, me and a few ones were away just having meetings and stuff, and and uh, you know just basically a pre-tournament inspection trip. So, uh, yeah. but it's it's yeah. incredible. So. It's it's taken part, and then we have after that. There's a few more events in the spring tour for the Payne Stewart Trophy. Yeah. One of the events uh, is taken part at at a golf club called Spa Golf Club. One of a good a good friend of mine who passed away in November it was the head professional there. Mm. Um, so we're we're having an event there, and all the all the funds from that event is uh, being donated to his three children. Um, so that's that's an event that'll be close to my heart. Um. Yeah you know Jerry Wardlow he was he was a gentleman and um, so we've quite a busy schedule obviously primarily the most of the, the bulk of the events is sort of over the summertime but right. we try to keep it going all year right. round you know just so the kids don't uh, put the clubs away over the winter we give them something to to keep going yeah so that's that's what's coming up next eh uh, marty and, and a
1: lot of preparing for them yeah uh and before we have to go one of the Again, it's amazing to me how social media and Twitter in particular is how we met. And one of the very first uh, golfers, junior golfers that I took notice of besides Harry O'Hara and Sean Ryan and all my guys now that are there was Tom McGibbon. Yeah, who was a big part of the Irish Junior Open Tour. And now, at 19, it has become this guy on the DP World Tour. And I've been in touch with him and his mom, uh, who I, he told me was a fan of my when I was an actor. And it's all because that's because of you. Even that it extends to there. And now I'm watching this guy that's on the world stage. And he's 19. Yeah. Yeah, Tom.
2: Tom's great guy. He, you know, he showed a lot of promise when he was younger, and but you know yourself, there's lots of kids that show promise. Yeah. Um, and then never materialise. Tom has pushed through that there, and he's very strong mentally. He's got a great attitude, and you know, it's it's amazing to see Tom doing so well. You know, starting out on tour like yeah. he's at so many top twenty uh, finishes in his first five or six or seven events, whatever it is. Huh. Um, and he's been up there in contention a few times. And, you know, he's just... I think it's only around the corner before he'll get his first win. Yeah. Um, I I was speaking to Tom, i uh, done a an yeah, Instagram live with him a few months ago. And, you know, he's just the same kid that he was back 10 years ago whenever he was winning the Irish Junior Open, yeah. uh, the initial event. Um, and, you know, it's great to see that's really the first person that's came from my events. that's went on to perform on the world stage, if you like. Right. And um, I'm not there, you know, that's that, that, you know, deep down, that was a, that's an nice wee thing. It's not, it's not what the events are about. You know, it's about giving all the kids an opportunity, but seeing somebody like that, there coming through. It just shows the rest of the younger ones coming behind. That's this right. is what's possible.
1: Right. Well, and he, you know, added this little guy that I first, said hi to on Twitter. And then I sent him a message on Twitter when he played well in an event and he messaged me back and he said, I just w- looked at it and went, he said, uh I, I told him I would love to talk to him and his mom. You know, we could do a video call. Uh-huh. And he said, I'm going to Dubai for this and then I'm going here for this and all that. And I just looked at it and I went, man, that is really something. I mean, it's just it it makes it look really good, too. That's awesome. All right. That's Um, living the life. It is. Um, I promise you, I will talk to you real soon. We're going to keep, as we always do, we'll keep up with all the events coming up. And please give a hug from me to Denise and that incredible new addition to your family that just my heart melts every time I see pictures.
2: Yeah, yeah. Wee we Sienna, oh, she's a great child. And my mother, wee girl, Georgia, she's another great child. And I have another one coming in June. So between uh-huh. all the events and everything that's going on, I'll have three kids to look after.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, if, anybody, if there's anybody that I know that can handle it, it's you. You're the greatest, Michael. Thank <laughs> you so much um, for spending a little time with us, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks very much, Matthew. Appreciate it.
1: Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by French Lick Resort Casino. Welcome back. As always, here on Backspin Golf, I'm so lucky to be able to talk with the people that I speak with on a weekly basis. And one of my favorite people is Garrett Johnston. And I'll explain why as we go along here. Garrett is the host of Beyond the Clubhouse podcast, which is fantastic. He does Cameron Cam Ops for ESPN and NBC. I want to talk to him about that, too. Uh, he writes for Golf Monthly, and he says in his Twitter bio, at Johnston Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, written for nearly every tour player's hometown paper. <laughs> That's quite a statement. Sean, I thought I was the king of hyperbole, but uh, that's a pretty hyperbolic statement there. Hi, Garrett.
3: Hey, Matt, how's it going? And to uh, get to the hi- hyperbole there, hey, if it's seventy-eight percent of all the tour pros' uh, hometown <laughs> papers, that's not bad. And you only have so much room in Twitter on the bio, so I figure yeah. that that shows people the kind of uh, work I put in. Yeah. you know, covering I don't know one hundred and twenty tour players' hometown papers over the last. Five seven years.
1: That is seriously unbelievable. I mean, and here that's where I want to start with you because you and I just had before we started had a little conversation about this, and okay. I want I want people to understand your, your podcasts, your videos are fantastic. They're they're fantastic. People nowadays look at those and they think. Yeah that's really good but and then they move on everything is really fast and they don't and me to a certain extent also don't really stop ever and think about the work that goes in to doing those things so i want you to start there because you said something interesting about the hard work just getting access to the people you talk to talk to me a little bit about that
3: yeah no you make a fair point matt i'll paint a picture i, I went to bay hill and for one day i've got three young kids in my house and i got two different jobs i'm working here in washington dc but i was able to somehow go for one day uh a practice around a wednesday pro-am two weeks ago and what i had to do is i researched and, and a lot of these players i knew but i had a hit list of about 35 players that i wanted to talk to and i had notes of two three four pages on each guy and i put a ton of research in it was like okay let's look ahead to the masters let's look ahead to oak hill do you know that course you know there's a lot to look forward to and i'll tell you what i only used joy i only used half of that content if that because you're getting to some of these players and uh you do the best you can when you get the guys like maybe and for example justin rose he's a mastercard uh guy a sponsor and that was a busy week for him so he said yeah. garrett I'd love to talk with you, but I've only got five minutes this time. So then I had to consolidate what I had uh, content with him and get what I could in a little video podcast. But to me, it's worth it because Rose is somebody I've known for 10 or 12 years. And I feel like that trust you can see on camera. Um, But with other guys, you just kind of have to add lib. Like there were certain players, Adam Hadwin, some of these nice Canadian guys. Yeah. They'll chat with you on their way uh, to to the parking lot. They're really approachable guys. Yeah. Mackenzie Hughes and those guys I had nothing on and it was more from memory hey remember that time your caddy did such and such and they're like oh yeah and we start a conversation and then you just go with it and see what they want to share and and that's what it comes down to getting these people these golfers into a position where they're comfortable sharing uh, stuff that's relatable to all of us right stuff that gets inside of their head a little bit uh, on what makes them what makes them tick basically. So long story short, it gets frustrating when I host videos, Justin Rose uh, video I got with him. You guys have no idea. I, I, I was in, I had two layovers going into Orlando in one day <laughs> just to get there and capture that content. But yeah, obviously it comes down to Twitter. What have you done for me lately? And why should I stop and see your content? That's a struggle, a challenge that all of us face.
1: Right. Uh, all of us being the key there. And by the way, that video of you and Justin Rose, that's what I'm talking about is fantastic. You not, you not only spoke to Justin Rose, but he actually gave a couple of tips to you standing there that are going to be, I can't thank you enough because that's the stuff that I need the most work on is short game stuff. And it was perfect. It was great. And it was apparent you guys had a relationship. Yeah,
3: no, thanks for saying that. I think the the key with him is that, a lot of golfers, you always hope that they'll play along, right? You're going right. to tell them, hey, like I told Rosie, I said, hey, it's going to be about seven questions. Five of them are going to be instruction topics. I'm just preparing you now, so just be thinking that way. And you know what he did in terms of playing along? When I asked him about driving, he all of a sudden faced the camera, and he you saw him square up his shoulders. Yeah. He started and actually, demonstratively showing us what he's talking about and how we can get better right now, like literally, like he he showed us how we can easily sway to the right, and it was all like super helpful. And he was yeah. totally along I have to add to that that I I thank John Rom. I I wanted to chat with Rom for an interview, but I only caught him as he was leaving Bay Hill two weeks ago, and I said, John. I remember last year when I asked you two questions about what does it mean to be a part of Arnold Palmer's tournament? What does it mean when you go to the Masters? And he heard me asked those questions. Five minutes later, we're in the parking lot and talking to Sergio Garcia. This is last year. Yeah. and. Talking to Sergio, John Rom comes over and is like, wow, Sergio, what does it mean when you're here <laughs> at this tournament? Sergio, what does it
1: mean? And so I had to
3: thank John. A year later, I said, hey, Rom, I appreciate you uh, playing along and, and joking with me there because I, I can take it. I, I can roll with you. And That's so anytime, you know, I love anytime. So, so that kind of stuff, hopefully that trust uh, continues on uh, in the future.
1: Yeah. Uh, as we all know, this it's a tough business. I mean, it is a tough business and there are a lot of people who will do anything to get clicks to do. We all know all this stuff, but somebody like you who works as hard as you do at this and does such great work, that's what we all keep going for. Uh, and relatable, you use that word. That's the whole key. You, as a matter of fact, you tweeted something. And, you know, we're well, the season's over now for basketball fans here in Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky, as for a lot of places. But you posted something on your Twitter feed that was talk about relatable. Tell everybody what I'm talking about in terms of this NCAA basketball tournament.
3: Yeah, basically, it said it was newsworthy to me that my wife, LaMonica, who was named after Daryl LaMonica, the old quarterback. Wow. wow. Palmer,
1: number three. So- number three.
3: It <laughs> shows you my father in law how amazing he was able to uh whisper uh <laughs> some influence of names uh, the day of the uh the that hit my wife was born anyway uh mm, yeah. should all aspire to that. Um, but no, she never talks about sports in 10 years of marriage n- never really wants to engage in talking about sports, but randomly she sends me a text on, was it Thursday or Friday night and says, Oh, the upset of the year, Princeton wins against <laughs> Arizona. And I'm like, Whoa, now you want to talk about sports. So the next time I saw her face to face, I said, honey, LaMonica, um, wow. Can you name a player on your Princeton tigers? And she said, oh, well, come on. Of course not. But, uh, they, they still won. And so yeah. And that's why we love March Madness. Right. Because yes. it gets people. It makes it relatable. Yeah. People allegiances to their colleges. So well,
1: and now that, that was after they won their first game. What about now? I mean, going to the sweet 16. She must be. Does she know any of the players now? She better learn. The, does she know the head coach? That's the big question. Teach her about Mitch Henderson.
3: Yeah. Even after getting to through the second round into, as you said, the sweet 16, she still has no idea. We talked about that as we fell asleep last night, like, wait, (laughs) they want another game, honey. Like you have got to figure this out. Talk to your, uh, your friends that graduated. You got to get it part of some, some party here. So.
1: Oh, this is, that's so cool. I love stuff like this. All right. Uh, What do you have? Tell me what you have coming up. Uh, Your schedule, the way you just put it with three kids at home and, all the things you have going on. Uh, are you going to go to the Masters?
3: You know, I've been lucky. I've, I've covered the Masters 10 times, which you could wow. never take. Wow. One of my favorite uh, events, because you just get so many people together. You run into um, the commissioner of the yeah. tour, and you run into everybody. The who's who. Uh, uh, John Fields, I had a great talk with John Fields, the University of Texas coach. Of course, he coached Jordan Spieth and right. Scott. Scheffler, um, had a great chat with him on Monday of masters last year. And it was just a, those are the fun chats where you're walking on down 10, down 11, and you just oh. have a good, conversation. should use that for a story on Scheffler on his quick rise to fame. Um, but yeah, this year, not going to happen. Got three young kids and just isn't in the cards. Unfortunately, I'm kind of reframing my mind a little bit because it's something I love so much and I kind of have to, uh, give it up a little bit. It's, it yeah. wasn't happen and it wasn't really it's not really my choice for it to not happen but i think it's kind of a life lesson um going forward with schedule i really have no idea where i'm going to be i would like to be at the pga it's important to be at other majors if you can but there's just so much on my plate in terms of responsibilities that i have to uh you know I have to be a good caretaker what's the word there's another word for caretaker but um <laughs> steward a good steward Stewart. of my right. family and what i have up coming ahead but I'll tell you, maybe another one-day trip to a non-major. Those are the best because the guys relax, whether it's Wells Fargo, yeah. you know, in between some of these majors, or whether that's Jack's Place Memorial. I mean, the Tuesday of Jack's Place is the best because he goes on for an hour and a half in a press conference because he owns the place. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. It's Jack's. And those, those are going to be few and far between. He's getting into those, what, uh, mid-'80s. So uh, we'll see. I, I really have no idea. I'm kind of in a place of um, – yeah you I'm know, kind of letting things go and 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 uh, maybe a higher power will uh will line something up here down
1: the road I I think that'll happen and as you know there's no more important thing than those responsibilities that you have seriously we, we talk about being relatable uh in every way we go all of us go through these things and I think that's a wonderful thing before I let you go let me ask you about because I'm asking everybody at the beginning, we just came back from hiatus. So, almost everybody, because this just happened, quick thoughts on the whole rolling back the ball discussion and bifurcation.
3: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, this is something where I, I, I get, I can be swayed either way. Me I feel too.
1: Like. <laughs> I swear, me too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we've talked about that. I think in the long run, it's looking like what it could happen is during majors in 2026, when it would start, yeah. that majors would have a different ball and that the tour seems to be pushing back. And they're saying it's more about we want to do what our uh, players want in the mm-hmm. end. And, and we're listening to the USGA, but also with the fan experience, you yeah. know, they made sure that they said those two things. So we could have a different ball in majors. And I asked Andrew Putnam on my podcast uh, this past week i said andrew like what is that going to mean he said it's not going to be good because you're going to have four weeks out of the year where you having to play a different ball but then you're also have the prep going in for right. those four weeks. How are you? practice is already complicated for tour pros it's going to get that much harder so i would be worried about that and, and how tricky um that that's going to be for some of these players but you know what they're pros and and if they've got to adapt in the end
1: yeah, uh, that's a really good answer. But I'll tell you, the, and I get swayed almost every day. Somebody says one thing and I go, you know, that's right. And then I hear somebody say something else and I go, wait a minute, that's right, too. I, I think I've come to the place where I don't want that. I don't care about hitting the ball as far as they do. grow the rough out at these golf courses. Narrow the fairways make the greens even faster than they are. I mean, there are things they can do with the golf course as it is, where either that or make them play that ball the whole time instead of just those four majors. But again, this isn't even going to happen, and it's not going to affect you and I when we play. I don't know about you, but I'm not using – I already don't hit it that far. I'm not using a ball that doesn't go as far. I'm just telling you.
3: Yeah, I'm not either, and it's only so (laughs) male drive is 219 yards and i was like mm, that sounds a little high considering yeah. <laughs> spin, considering cold conditions yeah. considering a lot considering arthritis for some i mean come on <laughs> and, uh, i guess that was that was somebody from the ncga northern california golf association quoting the usga so i, I don't know about that but um yeah i don't know for me 219 i'd take it uh <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll see it's uh we can use all the help we can get
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, You know, I'm one of your biggest fans and we'll be talking to you again real soon. And I know something good is coming down the road for you. It can help it uh, with the work you do and how hard you work. I'm telling you, something great is about to happen for you. Appreciate
3: that, Matt. Good to talk to you.
1: Okay, man. See you.
0: Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Commonwealth Credit Union.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Backspin Golf on this huge day today. Huge. Uh, The Sunday finale of the match play in Austin, Texas. And, you know, anytime we have anything like this on the show this week, and other times, obviously too. The guy I want to talk to is Dan Hauser, my guy down there in oh, Stuart, Florida. I guess is where he is.
4: It's it's close. To, listen, listen. If if the guys on the um, on the Netflix doc can call it Jupiter, we'll call it Jupiter. It's fun. Yeah.
1: Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So your place is right next to Tigers, and. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole I remember it was a while ago because you've been doing the show with me for a while. There was one day where you were talking about something like going to Starbucks and running into either Uh, Tiger or somebody.
4: It was it was it was Keegan Bradley. I came out of the bagel place and he was coming out of Starbucks in that store, grabbing his coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, listen, listen, over the years, I mean, you the main reason a lot of these guys live in this area is because they can live here and just kind of be left alone. They're almost obscure. Like nobody really either knows who they are or cares who they are or yeah. once, you know, so I, you know, I've been out before and Brooks kept walks by. Cause we're having to be the same bar or, you know, yeah. Dustin, you just, you see these guys, but it's just kind of like, oh, okay. There's just another guy who lives in the neighborhood. Like nobody really is like, Oh my God, that's, you know, so-and-so. It's just kind of like, okay, cool. Well, he's out doing his thing. Just like I'm doing my thing.
1: Yeah, so it's, part
4: of, it's part of the cool appeal of the area.
1: Yeah, and he, but it's the opposite for me here in Lexington. I can't go anywhere without getting mobbed. Listen, I mean, even if
4: you were down here, you couldn't go anywhere without being mobbed. You get mobbed true. everywhere, everywhere you go. So that's yeah, true.
1: That's a good point. Now, uh you, I, I'm willing to bet you haven't seen Brooks or DJ for a while because you know now that <laughs> I, you know, I have not. Money. I mean, you know. Probably- yeah, you know i i
4: have i have not run into them in a little while so that's that's a good that's a good observation or good guess thank, you.
1: thank yeah. you keegan's okay because keegan's still playing meaningful golf here <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh all right let's start and by the way everybody uh you can follow dan on twitter at dan golf, hauser golf h a u s e r uh and he is also now as we spoke about the last time uh Running with our guy, Adam Fonseca, who was on the show last week uh, with Golf Unfiltered. So go to that. Follow that Twitter account, too, at Golf Unfiltered. Uh, let's talk, since this is the week of the Match Play Championship down there in Austin. Have you ever been to Austin? I have not been to Austin. It's, it's on my list of places
4: that I want to go uh, go check out. I've, heard, it, I've really, heard great things about it.
1: It's a great city. I was there for basketball. I was not there for golf. And the thing that I love about that city is that bridge. Mm-hmm. That's behind, I guess it's 18, that they show every shot of the 18th hole. That is a cool bridge. is a heard good you, place. I've heard you
4: can get some decent barbecue there, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can. And they have other great things there. Oh, of
4: course, of course. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Uh, but... You, you and I were talking before the show, as we very often do, and most of what we say we can't put on the air, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but you brought up a really interesting point, and I want to talk about this a little bit, because I agree 100% with you. Uh, tell everybody listening what you were talking about in terms of the match
4: play event. So I know in, in golf Twitter and the golf universe, this is a the hot button topic. There's usually you're either very much on one side or very much on the other side when it comes to the match play topic. Um, I have always been somebody who has been on the side of, to me personally, I feel like they, the tour kind of ruined the event a little bit um, when they made that transition from one and done to the match or to the round robin format that we have now known for the last several years now. And yes, I understand you want to keep the sponsors happy and sponsors aren't keen to drop the amount of money they have to drop to find out that all the big names are going to go home on day one. But just like we talk about another event going on right now in March, it's one and done, just like the basketball tournament and March madness. Part of the appeal of match play is you could end up with a situation where this year in the NCAA tournament, for example, first time ever, we don't have a single one seed in the elite right. eight. Is that right. going to make the elite eight and the final four in the title game any less exciting or any less fun? No unless you're one of the teams that was the one seed that's maybe eliminated, maybe yeah. for the overall majority. It's not any less fun now that we have all the – because now you get to see teams, or in this case it would be match by players, that may not ever get paired up together, or you may not ever think that you could see them play against one another because right. they would never get to get matched up in a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup situation. And now they're playing in an event, and they're playing for all this money and, and, and all the pre- extra pressures on it. Just the the concept of one and done is just so rare in sports in general you don't baseball is not one and done in the playoffs basketball is not one and done in the playoffs right. hockey's not one and done in the playoffs the most exciting playoff format that we see in professional sports is NFL playoffs right. and what is that one and done One-and-done, right the whole appeal of March Madness and the reason why it is blown up into the most exciting postseason tournament you could argue in all of sports collegiate amateur and one and done so yeah. they got rid of that and yes it, it Listen, we're going to have some great semifinals. and fi- We're guaranteed to have a, a great final today, later today. Yeah, We we have some great semifinals. But what could have the possibility have been had we had been in one and done? What kind of unique matchups could we have gotten that we will now not see? Because it was not one and done. Plus, this year is a, another example of it. Every year it seems we have at least one or two on that Friday when it's the final round of, of uh, round robin. Right. have a match that means nothing because both guys are already out. And it's like, these guys don't want to be here anymore. The fans don't want to watch it because these guys don't want to be here anymore. What are we playing for? There's nothing on the line. We're right. just going to watch them swing a club for 18 holes. And it literally doesn't even matter who wins. Right. So that's that's unfortunately another another uh, something that happened as a result of them moving away from that one and under round robin.
1: I agree a thousand percent with this. And uh I don't think it's messed with it a little. I think they messed with it a lot. And there are a lot of people who love the game of golf. Like we do that. I wish there were more match play events. Absolutely. Because golf is, I don't know if any other sport lends itself to how great match play is. I mean, because it's hole by hole, you can make a quadruple bogey on a hole and you pick your ball up and you go to the next hole.
4: But you could make a quadruple bogey on that hole and still win if and the other guy the shoot is plus five on the hole. Right. 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 There's there's literally no – no. Right. And unlike when you were playing in a normal stroke play event and you're playing against the rest of the field, you're playing against one other person. Right. So your entire strategy changes because if you get to hit second and you see that your guy off the tee shanked it 50 feet in the wood, you might put the, the driver back in the bag, pull out a three-wood, and hit a safe shot in the middle of the fairway because you know that you're now right. – have the advantage, and you would right. never have that mentality in a stroke play event because you're playing against 125 other guys or right. 75 other guys or 80 other, you know, whatever it is, you're yeah. playing against
1: one guy, right? I I love match play, and as you said, this is the last year of yeah. this version of a match play championship in Austin, also. Yeah. But I have a feeling it'll come back somewhere. Uh, because it's too, they need, I would like to, I'm not saying every week, but I would like to see throughout the season at least a couple more match play events. I love them.
4: I agree with you that it's going to come back, and I'll tell you exactly why. Uh, uh, earlier in the week before the tournament started, when John Rom held his post, or his, his pre-tournament press conference, yeah. he was asked about it. He said, if this were to come back as a non-elevated event, and it would just be a regular tour stop. There would be no elevated status. Would you still play in it? And while he said, yeah, he said that he does not sure how many of the other guys would. He said he absolutely would. So yeah. if you get enough names like John Rahm who will say, if you bring this back, I'll play in it, even if it's not an elevated event, I feel like the tour would be stupid not to, because you would get that perfect combination of the few big name guys, but you right. would also get the the middle of the pack guys who don't play in the in the elevated events, who could le- realistically, if they did one and done again, have a shot to take out a John Rahm on day one, and all of a sudden now your name is be- being elevated in, and it could be a way to play yourself into some of those more right. elevated events because right. you beat a guy like John Rahm.
1: Well, and as we know, John Rahm, he said that before he played this week.
4: Of course. Well, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and that's Which, how it I, worked I,
1: out. But <laughs> yeah, because he's not there for, for this uh, one and done now, but he, that's honestly how we feel. And I think yeah. these guys love this. I don't, did we expect Jordan Spieth to get beat? Who beat him? Taylor Montgomery. Was but that that's who the who beauty beat? of that's the beauty I of know. it? Fairly Dickinson's can beat Purdue's.
4: That's the beauty of a one and done.
1: Yeah. All right. Now, in the few minutes we have left, yeah. you brought it up again, so I'm going to bring it up now because this, my show, as you well know, probably more than any anybody, is not just about golf. This is about. We are on ESPN Sports Radio. The E stands for entertainment, <laughs> and it's my show, so I can go wherever I want. In your bio, it says hurricanes fan, and we only have two minutes left. Hurricanes fan, UK basketball. Yes. Yeah. So I asked you about this. You are unhappy that UK. Is, was out of the NCAA tournament. Of but course. as we yes. speak, last I mean, it, that Miami team that is now in the Elite Eight with Jim Laranega, who's always been one of my favorite coaches, you're a pretty happy guy down there in Stewart or wherever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, don't They're forget pretty pretty the women are also...
4: Guys. The men and the women, Miami men and women, both Miami and uh UConn, the only teams that had both to have men and women go to the Elite Eight. Yeah, listen. Um <laughs> we 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 have talked in private about how some of these older coaches may not be a big fans of NIL or they may not have been able to figure out how to coach in this new NIL environment. Right. Jim Larinega gets it. And you see that by the fact that his teams now are back to back years in the Elite Eight. He has no problem. Going ahead and, and and whether he'll admit it or not, he has no problem cutting those checks to get some of these guys to come from other programs because he can offer them the glitz and the glam of Miami, and now he can offer them, you know, back to back to back And
1: but, who, who knows how much further they're going to go? I'm a well, big. Larinate. Not only
4: that, but pre pre NIL. Let's not forget, in the mid 2000s, George Mason that was one of the first Cinderellas, and he he, and he was I the coach of them first, right, all the way to the Final Four, and he. He was right. the coach. So he knows how to take programs that aren't traditional powers and right. uh send them on far runs. He just he's a great coach. He okay. really is a great coach. Well,
1: I'm very happy for you. Maybe you'll run into at the bagel place, one of the golfers who's also a big Miami basketball fan, and you guys can have a, a conversation. <laughs> there I you go. Uh <laughs> thanks a lot, man. As always, I'll be talking to you very soon, as I always do. Uh have a great rest of the weekend what's
4: left of it absolutely enjoy the rest of the uh the match play and uh yeah. some, some of the basketball too we got uh, we got the elite eight today and then we got the final four coming up in a couple days so it's gonna be a fun right, time
1: bro. thanks man all right good talking See to you. Ya.
4: all right that'll do it
1: another edition of backspin golf uh thanks for listening thanks of course to michael gallagher and garrett johnston and dan hauser uh for I'm just, as I always say, I'm so grateful to all my guests. It's so much fun for me, uh, and it's a great way, I hope, for you to start your Sunday mornings. Thanks to our partners, we couldn't do it without them. Commonwealth Credit Union, French Lick Resort, Edwin Watts, Britter Control, Truly Nolan, Gearheads of Nicholasville, Georgetown Advantage Air, Lexington Parks and Rec, of course, and Maple Leaf Roofing Systems, wowing Central Kentucky one roof at a time. We'll be back next week. Ooh, it's almost master's time. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned. Brad Taylor, the bottom line coming up. It's ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. All
4: right. You couldn't tell it all you're reading it
1: smooth yeah except for the part where i forgot and then i had to look at it yeah but you can't tell that on radio i could see it yeah there. no yeah. i know i know <laughs> all right so I, I probably only need not that much for the open yeah minute minute 20 okay <clears throat>
4: oh hold on. uh
1: Good morning, good morning on this beautiful Sunday morning at the Square Country Club on Main Street in downtown Lexington. Welcome to Backspin Golf. What a show today. We're going to start off with Ireland. My buddy Michael Gallagher, who runs the best junior golf tour in the world, will be joining me, uh, and I can't wait to speak with him. And then our friend Garrett Johnston, uh, who is absolutely wonderful himself, will be joining us. And then my buddy from down in Florida, Dan Hauser, Uh, we're going to get into a little discussion about the match play that obviously is going to be finishing up later today. Uh, We're going to get going. Good morning, Chris Mascaro. People, next on the tee, you got to listen to it. Unbelievable golf podcast every week Uh, but first we're going to start here with my buddy Michael Gallup
0: backspin golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by truly Nolan and critter control